Welcome to the Guthrie America podcast. We sit down with amazing people who do life in our community because we believe every story should be told. We not only do the stories of the people who currently live in our community, but also the people who are from our community, which has probably been just as fun catching up with people who were once Guthrie, they're always Guthrie Americans whenever, they're always Blue Jays, but it's all, it's been fun catching up with people. But I'm your host, Hetty Coleman. Today I'm sitting down with Terry Bennett. Before we jump into this conversation uh, with Terry, would you please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. It would mean the world to us. And while you're at it, go ahead and jump on Instagram and follow us there, then also Facebook. This episode is brought to you by Trilogy. Trilogy is an independent employee benefits consulting firm. We specialize in custom benefit solutions for employers and do not believe in a one-size-fits-all. Our passion is helping employers create benefit packages that attract and retain top talent in their field. Education is key to employers and employees understanding and getting the most out of their employee benefits. Go check out Trilogy-Alliance.com. I love Maggie and her team and the work that they are doing for their uh, different companies uh, that they are helping with getting the best benefits. Maggie and her team are amazing. Go connect with them. Trilogy-Alliance.com. Go do it now. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. How you doing? Man, I am doing great. I'm so thankful that I get the opportunity to sit down with you, especially. I mean, it was already going to be exciting, right? Because you, mm-hmm. your family has a legacy, your father, who your father is in this community. Then also, you coming alongside, investing in this community. The legacy is already there. Super exciting. But now, the head baseball coach of, uh, of Guthrie High School. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Man, it, like I said, I told you earlier, it's been crazy, man. Like, yeah. The love that I've been shown is just, it's been amazing. Like, I've heard from people from every chapter of my life, you know. Yeah. Like, my classmates, we got a Facebook page, Class 96, shout out to 96. Um, they posted it on the page. Like, I'm hearing Did it blow from, up? Yeah. <laughs> I'm hearing from former teammates in college former coaches in college, like just regular friends from college, just everybody, family, family that I don't even really know, sending other family text messages telling me congratulations. I mean, it's been crazy. Yeah. So, and well, of course, it's exciting times. I'm sorry, but of course the community of Guthrie, I've heard from everybody yeah. in Guthrie about it, so. Man, so growing up in Guthrie, and you, you've always been an avid sports Play. I mean, you played every sport, right? Did, yeah. What sport didn't you play? Did you run track? I didn't. I didn't run track because I was doing baseball. Got so. you. Got you. Got you. You didn't try to pull the uh, Damon Cochran no. and do track and baseball. No. <laughs> no. I don't know. I, if Damon was quite uh, uh, into baseball as you were, though. Right. I mean, I I knew early I was pretty decent at baseball, way better than I would have been at track. I could run a little bit, but got you. I couldn't run with people that could really run. Yeah. So. I knew baseball was more my thing. But, uh, yeah, I played baseball, football in junior high, uh, basketball, of course. That was my first love. I even ran cross country one year. Okay, so okay. My senior year, I ran 
you know, uh, trying to be in shape for basketball because I knew I was going to play a lot of minutes that year. And ended up being a good decision. I got to be around Coach Tarter, yeah. you know, rest in peace, and find out how crazy he really was, <laughs> you know, and find out why he's the legend yeah, that he was. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and I've been around a lot, man. Just My dad coached several different things. He coached track, so – I didn't run it, but I know a little bit about yeah, it just from sure. him. So, so yeah. basketball was your first love? Yeah, no doubt. Like, I mean, I fell in love with that just from watching my dad and Coach Young. I mean, they were the junior high coaches at that time, and I'm there at their practice all the time. And, I mean, I couldn't get enough of it. Like, my daily thing was I had to go to school, I had to come home, do my homework, and then I could go outside and play basketball. Yeah. And that's what I did every day. My parents, I don't know how they let me do this. I don't know how they had the patience for it, but in their house, there's three rooms. Like, you walk in the front door, there's the living room, dining room, kitchen, and they're kind of kind of in a straight line. Well, they allowed me to put a goal on the door of the front door and a goal above the door going in the kitchen. So you had like a full court. Yeah, I had a full court. <laughs> and once I had to come in, you know, street light coming on, get in the house, they let me run full court by myself. Going And I, and I, like I said, it's the living room, so I'm running right by the TV. And they just let me do that until it was time for me to take my bath and go to bed. And never was like, sit down, get out of the way, nothing. Just let me go. So Because they that's, knew I had love for it. Bro, that's a great story. Have you ever yeah. told that story anywhere else? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not publicly. Yeah, you know. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. yeah, man. That's a that is a great story. And it, now that I have children, you know, understanding when they find something that they love, mm -hmm. I, it's so important to let them go all in. I feel yeah. like because right. it's not very often that people find stuff that they truly enjoy and love and have a passion for, right. and willing to put in the hours, which that's what really allows you to become great. Yes, I agree. Um, which one's harder, basketball or or or, 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 or which sport did you find? And not maybe – so sometimes there's a natural talent, right? You just have the mm -hmm. ability to do something. But as far as, le like, learning the skill of the sport, which one do you feel like is the hardest? Uh, baseball is it's harder. It's more, it's more skill. Basketball, you can, you can get by with your athleticism. You can mm -hmm. be tall and be good and not really be that yeah. skilled of a player. Yeah. But you can still dominate just because you're tall. Baseball, I mean, you have to be able to throw. You have to be able to hit. You know what I'm saying? Catch. Like, you can't just be athletic. You yeah. know, if you're athletic but you can't catch the ball, then you can't play. Or if you're athletic and you can't hit the ball, you're yeah. not going to play either. You know, yeah. you're not going to be out there just because you're fast. Yeah. So, it's definitely, to me, baseball. So, Deion Sanders was not out there just because he was fast? No, he was skilled. <laughs> now, when you are skilled and athletic, you, then get, you Deion get Deion Sanders. Sanders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. You know, guys like that who yeah. are legends in the game. Yeah. So. No, I just remember people would say, like, he's only out there because he's fast. I'm like, I think baseball is a little bit more than just being fast. Right. Oh, yeah. You got to yeah. be able to hit that ball, and that's not yeah. easy. No, it's not. Yeah. They say that's the hardest thing to do in sports. Yeah. The hardest one specific thing to do in sports is hit a baseball. Yeah. No, it is definitely not. I never played baseball, but I swung at a baseball, mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm, I'm decently <laughs> right. uh, athletic. And so, yeah. yeah, no, it's not easy at oh, all. Oh, it makes good athletes look like they're – 
yeah. not athletic at all. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, shout out to that. Tell me, uh, let's just kind of stay on, on sports just a little bit longer, and we can kind of bounce back and forth. Man, what is – becoming a head coach, what is the thing that you're most looking forward to? Uh, just trying to win baseball games, man, and mold young men. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being around sports as much as I have – I've heard a lot of coaches just have like their little sayings or whatever, like their gospel. And I think mine is going to be that a connected team is a dangerous team. Mm. So my goal is just to have us connected, have us together, working for each other, you know, fighting for each other, competing for each other. And once we get good at that, start doing those same things for the community. Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember 1989, uh, I was in fifth grade at Fogarty Elementary in Miss Underwood's class. Shout out to Miss Underwood. And I felt connected to the 89 baseball team that won state. Like, it felt like I was on that team. Mm-hmm. And I was in fifth grade. Because, yeah. I mean, the community was so involved and yeah. they were just connected to us. Like, and then not only that, like, that team, we were, my group, it was, I graduated in 96, so we're seven, eight years younger than they were. Well, a lot of their little brothers or cousins or whatever were my mm-hmm. age, and we played ball together. So yeah. we really felt connected to them because we had so many, like Kendall was on that team, yeah. that's my cousin. Mm-hmm. So we had a connection that way. Yeah. Like James Denny is a year younger than me. His brother Matt was on there. Yeah. I played with James forever. So yeah. Matt was like a big brother to me, you know, or whatever, because I'm around him all the time because I'm playing with James. So just trying to get connected to the community but, uh, yeah, man, just, you know, trying to win baseball games and, you know, be connected. That's good. You know, you're talking about being connected. One of the reasons that I host the Get the America podcast is because I believe as we share our stories, it allows for us to connect as a community. Mm-hmm. And then talking about the community wins thing. What are some ways, like, I'm, I really value the, the opportunity to do the stories and seeing people connect that way. What are some ways that you see yourself being able to get these students to be connected? And I love that, that, that thought of a connected team is a dangerous team. Man, uh, two years ago, we made the state tournament in baseball, and that staff, Coach Porter is a Stillwater guy, but his dad was a big-time official, ump, and his dad would ump games in Guthrie when Coach Porter was little, and he would come to the games with him. So he fell in love with Guthrie as a little kid, even though he was from Stillwater. Mm. Well, his staff was me, Hayden Seaford, Zach Clymer, we all Guthrie boys, that played baseball here. So, and we all played at different times. So we have a connection to different groups of baseball players that played here. And I mean, we was in constant contact with our group, you know, my 96, 95 guys and climbers with his group, Hayden's with his group, but we all really connected with the 89 team. I don't know if you remember, but when we made it to state, that whole week was a celebration and we gave it up to the 89 team as much as we did the team that was actually going <laughs> yeah. to the state tournament. Like, yeah. I mean, we showed love to them. So it's just teaching them the history, man. I mean, trying to let them know that Guthrie baseball, man, when I was a kid in the 80s, I think we went to the finals like six times. Mm-hmm. We only won it once, but yeah. like to the state championship yeah. game like six times. I mean, it was like Guthrie football right now. You yeah. Know? So 
and just trying to let them know that that's the history of this program and that's the standard. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we want to get back there. Yeah. And through that, sharing that history and things like that, yeah. that's an opportunity for them to connect around right. that. Yeah, right. yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, we've had players come back and talk to them in the dugout before practice, and we've had players come sit in the dugout during games. And, yeah. you know, so we just – we invite all the alumni to come back anytime. They're always welcome. They can sit in the dugout during the game, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they're not in there, you know, <laughs> acting crazy. Who Ron is up? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't mind them. Who Ron? You know, with a little bit the other team. You know, yeah. giving us some energy. But, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. do it respectfully. You yeah, know? that's good. That's good, man. Now I know you also. Uh, of course, if you're a coach, you're typically in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I know you've been in the classroom for a long time. Um, thinking about how you ended up in the classroom, like what made you. Was it coaching that led you to be also going to education, or what was it that got you in that place? Yeah, it was definitely coaching got me there. I mean, my dad was a teacher, but he was a coach, and I, I just knew you had to you had to get, you know what I'm saying, you had to be a teacher to be a coach. Yeah. Like, back when my dad was doing it, there wasn't really a whole lot of lay coaches that were doing something else but coming to coach that yeah. I knew of. Mm-hmm. And my dad always told me, I mean, you're not going to make a living if you're just a coach. I mean, our stipends aren't very much mm -hmm. to live off of. You make your, you know, your living as a teacher. Yeah. So I knew I was going to have to be a teacher just to be a coach. Yeah. Now, gr growing up in Guthrie, uh, who are some teachers that, that stand out to you that, that, comes, that comes to mind? Man, I was honestly more connected to my elementary teachers and just thinking about it you're around them a lot more yep. when you're in elementary. Mm -hmm. I mean, that teacher has 30 kids that they're with every day, all yep. day. So, I mean, like, I had Miss Miller in second grade. Rest in peace. She just passed away not too long ago. That She had her saying, sharp as a tack. Like, loved her. She was tough on us, but she also gave us confidence to let us know we could do anything we wanted to do. Miss Gassaway. Uh, had rest in peace. Yeah, rest, yeah. In, rest in peace to her yeah. too. It's been a little bit now for yeah. her, but yeah. I had uh, I had Miss Davis, Miss Underwood, Miss Bradley. Had a connection to all of those. Yeah, you know I mean, and they were great teachers. Yeah, Junior, great point though. On the you're with them all day long yeah. versus when you start getting in the way. Right, uh, junior, junior high. high yeah. So junior high and high school, my connection became more with my coaches because that's who I was with more. Because I, I mean, I'm with the teacher for 45, 50 minutes a day. And then, you know, but I'm with my coach for two hours at practice. And then if we got a game, it's four or five hours that day. So the connection became more with my coaches once I got to junior high and high school. But I did have one teacher in high school that, I mean, she was awesome. And that was Miss Crooks, Coach Crooks' wife. She was my geometry teacher. And man, she, she was cold with it. Yeah. She. Man, she get up there and she taught like she had an overhead projector right here and she sat right here, crossed her legs, wrote on that overhead projector, old, you know, the old yeah, one, no, you know what I'm saying? The light shine and show up on the wall right there. And she sat me right where you're at because I'm a basketball player and I got to be on the front row in her class. And even if I had the slightest confused look, she forgot about the other 25 kids in there and it was all about Terry at that moment because he don't know what's going on. At yeah. But, man, she was amazing. I got like a 98 in that class that I earned. She didn't give it to me because I was a basketball player. I earned that. I mean. You put in your work oh, on that. I did. Like, man, 
Teresa Buffett, Morell now, she just got married. My cousin, she was in that class with me. She's brilliant. Graduate OSU, doing great in life. And uh, I did my homework at her house every night in high school. She helped me. And it, the roles were reversed when it was geometry time. I was helping her because she wasn't understanding it like I was understanding that. So she was helping me and everything else, but geometry, I had to help her because I had that on lock. But that was because of Miss Crooks. Like, what I, what was it? Was it just because of the way that she was so intentional with you, investing in you? Or was it the way she carried herself in the classroom? What? Uh, man, it was just I don't know. I'm a visual learner, and like mm. I said, she was she wrote on gotcha. the overhead every day, and I, I, she just did it to where I could see it. Like, I mean. I could just imagine the stuff, like, because, I mean, with geometry, you think in dimensions and that kind of stuff, and I don't know. She could just write it up there where I could see it. Yeah. So, and, I mean, she was just great. Like, she had, she speaking of saying, she had a saying that I remember to this day. Hopefully, if she sees this, Miss Crooks, I still remember CPCTC, which was congruent parts of congruent triangles are always congruent. Like, I still remember that to the today so she invested in you bro she, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 she For did you to walk away and still remember that that's, yeah that's an honor to her right, right? she's out in, she in still water she's in still water yeah right? they're she, in still, yeah, still water. water yeah yeah her and her husband mm -hmm. yeah that's cool man uh so you didn't when you transitioned to go to college did you ever think about math as being your something that you wanted uh, to turn around and teach or was it just really that one class nah, i was really pretty much pe because i knew i mean i knew i wanted to coach and Trying to teach math and trying to coach, I mean, you just, I mean, that workload would have been crazy. And there's several people that do it. There's several guys at the high school. Sean Morgan and his, and his brother, Seth, are both basketball coaches. They both teach math. Mm -hmm. So Coach Crooks was a math yeah, teacher. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, nah, I mean, I, I don't think I'm built like that to be able to do yeah. a class that strenuous and try to coach. So. Well, it's good to know yourself too, right? Yeah. And so yeah. uh, I think that that's a win for you to be able to say, "Hey, this is going to be the best, mm -hmm. best, best for me to uh, to head in this direction." Yeah. Um, man, so growing up in Guthrie, talking about basketball, blue courts, junior high courts, mm -hmm. like these are spots, mineral wells. Right. Like well, Mineral Wells now has gotten yeah. active. Uh, yeah. Lincoln, uh, Lincoln, Lincoln, whatever by the high school, right by the high school, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like which which one which one was your favorite court? Was y'all hooping on those after? Man, well, I honestly, I was privileged enough to have a dad that coached here, so my favorite place <laughs> was inside at the junior high. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I had access to that, you know. But I mean, I played at the blue court a lot. It was right up the street from my house, so I'd probably be more partial to that one than any other one. Yeah. So whenever you got into high school, though, was that still like when I was in school? Like the blue course was like packed. I think it was mainly Sundays. If mm -hmm. I felt like there was Sunday. different days, yeah. the different course was the spot. But then, kind of like people would find out without cell phones, right. which is crazy yeah. at this time. Which court had the mm -hmm. had the, everybody jamming yeah, yeah. out at? Were y'all doing that when y'all were? Yeah, blue court Sunday was okay. the main thing. But I mean, back then gas wasn't five dollars a gallon, so you could hop in True. the car and ride around and yeah. see where they at real quick yeah. if you needed to. Just yeah. have the stuff in the car ready to go. For sure, yeah. And so that's another thing too. Like thinking about whenever I was growing up, we would drive around a lot more. Mm -hmm. I remember like people be like, "Man, you got to give me a dollar mm -hmm. for gas." Yeah, you know, back in 
Yeah, <laughs> I then. used to do that going to the city, man. Me, I I would put in two because I was the driver, and then I'd have three guys with me, and they give me one. I throw five dollars in the tank, and we go and ride all over Oklahoma City and back to Guthrie on five dollars. Yeah, five dollars gas. Yeah, now yeah. that'd be a gallon. Yeah. That's which is right. which is nuts. Man. Barely make it to Waterloo. Now, when y'all were in Guthrie, I always ask people this: Were y'all cruising like in high school? Were y'all cruising the strip? Like, yeah. what, what was y'all's, what was y'all's uh, kind of route? Did y'all go down division to go through oh. McDonald's, yeah. or did y'all oh, go through? Yeah, man, my class, my classmate Chris Friend, shout out to him. He made a song called "Cruising Down Division." <laughs> A rap song? No, or just, it wasn't a rap song. Yeah. He, he wasn't a rapper, but he made a song called Cruising Down Division. That's what we did, man. You go down Division, turn around at McDonald's, you know what I'm saying? Check out the Walmart parking lot when Walmart was facing yes, towards Division. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, ride by Brahms. That was right there. See if anybody's posted up at Love's or then you had Del Rancho and uh, Pizza Hut. See if anybody's posted up in there. Then you might turn into Sonic and yeah. see if anybody's in there. Yeah. So, and then do it all over again. Uh-huh. So. Now, were y'all hanging out at the temple in no, high school? Yeah. So, okay. Were y'all still yeah. there? I can remember like how long that lasted, but I tell my kids all the time, I was like, yeah. I lived across the street from the temple mm-hmm. when I was in high school. And so I was like, the temple had everybody. It was people coming from the city everywhere yeah. to hang oh, out yeah. at the temple. You go, you go to the car wash, car wash your yeah. car, and then Convenience go across store. the street and post up. Yeah. Man. Listen to music, who yeah. all. Man, you might see somebody playing football or something. Yeah. Somebody called somebody slow and now they racing in the grass. And I mean, and then I don't know if you know Wesley Whitehorn. Yep. The, I know Wesley. the one around my age. Uh-huh. He was he, uh he was ninety five, right? Ninety five. Yeah, he's so a year he's a freshman when I was a senior. Yeah. He he worked at KFC and you know at the end of the night. They either throw away the chicken or let them take it. Uh-huh. And, man, he would take the chicken and come. And he lived right across the street from the temple. Okay. Right there right there by the car wash. The, not the the second house from the car wash. Got you. Yeah. And. Uh, coming. Uh, coming. Coming, com, um, coming south. South. Okay. Yeah. From, from the car wash yep. and the convenience store right there. He lived in that second house. And he'd come with the chicken, man. And we'd just be sitting there waiting on him. We knew he got off it, you know. KFC closed at nine. He'd be there about nine thirty, so about nine fifteen. We sitting there waiting on him to show up with buckets of chicken, and knew he yeah. was coming. Yeah. yeah, I mean he lived right there, so for sure yeah, <laughs> he's coming. I mean we yeah. post up eating chicken and uh-huh. hanging out, listening yeah. to music and stuff. Those are some of the best days for me at Guthrie mm-hmm. was just being able to hang out. I mean there would be hundreds of people. It felt like right. uh, hanging out, especially late late into the night. And yeah. you know the amazing thing too, it would be so much trash. But then by the time the morning when I would wake up, all the trash would be gone. And I always yeah. wonder like, who is picking up this trash <laughs> right. in the middle of the night? Right. You know, because no, it was always clean. Yeah, I don't I don't know who was yeah. doing it. But. <laughs> yeah. If anybody knows, leave a comment, text right. me or something. I really I'm really curious to know mm-hmm. uh, who was cleaning it up. Uh, tell me about, did y'all have a favorite hangout, like, store-wise that y'all would go to? Not, like, the Brahms Sonics, but, like, downtown. Did y'all do anything downtown, or by that time, was there really? I feel like Guthrie had a season of, like, there was nothing downtown, really. Nah, we didn't really do much downtown. I mean, you had the Victor Mall a little bit, but it was kind of fading at that Mm -hmm, time. mm -hmm. I mean, we had a prom there, but we wasn't really going and hanging out up there. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, it was the temple, man. And summertime, you go to Highland, swim for a dollar. Yeah, so, yeah. And now that's another thing. Like, there's nobody at the pool. Right. It's crazy. Like the pool used to be jam packed yeah. with kids, and 
I'm like, do kids just not swim no more? Well, I, I guess not. I don't know, man. I, all I know is I had to beg my dad for a dollar, and I only went two or three times a week. I mean, there was kids there. Yeah. I mean, they had, remember, they had sessions. They had different times you for could sure. swim, and you had to pay a dollar at each session. There was kids swimming every single session. Yeah. Every single day. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I'm begging for a dollar two or three times a week just to go swim, you know? But, I mean, yeah, it was, it would be packed, man. I used to, I had to make sure I had a chain for my bike because that thing will come up missing at, at Highland if you ain't got it locked down. Yeah, you didn't have it locked right, down. That's yeah. how packed it would yeah. be up there. Yeah, so. no, it would be crazy. And it's, it's just amazing how things have changed and whatever. Like, mm-hmm. kids not cruising, uh, division anymore. Right. And, and, and it's always whenever I sit down with somebody like, Especially our age or mm-hmm. around our age or older, like that's the thing, like right. cruising downtown. So it's always curious, like what's the history behind how did that stop? Did people cops start stopping the kids from doing that? Well, I mean, I hate to say this, but the the temple thing kind of started slowing down for us because although Pooh lived in that second house, that first house right next to the, the uh, convenience store and the car wash. Uh, a police officer, I ain't gonna say his name, but a police officer ended up moving in there and he didn't like all that hoorah that was going on across, you know what I'm saying, from yeah. his house to, you know, midnight and stuff like that. So he would come out and say a few things every now and then and run people off. So it kind of, it got slowed down by that around my time. And then the convenience store just closing down and the, yeah. um, the um, car yeah. wash probably helped with right. some of that as well to, right. to slow down. And then I think once somebody got killed mm-hmm. at that convenience store, I feel like really. Yeah. I mean, by that time, I don't know if people are hanging out or not. But yeah. Yeah. So different things I know definitely uh, makes a difference. So Dominion House, now the Dominion House is a place where people uh, go for these exciting weddings and things like mm-hmm. that. We remember the yeah. the uh, Dominion House is a building that yeah. would come on the news every yeah, week. Yeah, the, the haunted children's home. Yeah. Now, did you? Here's the question: Did you ever sneak in? No. No. Okay. The only did. time I ever went on that property, my senior year, we were taking pictures for the media guy for the basketball media guy. Uh huh. And they wanted to take pictures there, and I was like, No, like this place is haunted. <laughs> but we ended up taking some pictures on the steps. And I got out of there as fast as I could. So by your time, your senior year in high school, mm-hmm. that was the Dominion House then? No, it was still the children's home. Oh, why did they want to take Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was like, what? <laughs> they wasn't Dominion House then. Yeah. So whose idea was that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't I like it, though. I think they ended up using one of the pictures for their really? from there, too. I mean, we took them at several different places. But yeah, uh-huh. I think they took. I think they used the one that was at the children's home. That's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's But no, I was not a fan of it. Yeah. Now, you went to the Guthrie High School. You graduated from Guthrie High School. Now you're, you're there teaching the PE and mm-hmm. coaching. Like, what are some things that you have noticed has changed since you were in high school versus now? Oh, man, <laughs> these kids can get away with murder now. Like, uh-huh. I mean, it's... It was like it was like a prison when we were up there, just being real. Like, yeah, I tell them now, like they have the outback. My duty was back there by the for my first two years. My lunch duty was back by the tennis courts, north outside, north of the north gym. Okay, yeah, right by the yeah. tennis courts. Uh-huh. And in my life, I mean, my whole four years of high school, I never went back there during school. No. Like, I went and watched some tennis every now and then during yeah. a tennis match, but we wasn't allowed to go back. So it blew my mind that that was even my mm-hmm. duty 
you know, to, to be back there. And kids, are, I mean, they, they were able to walk all the way around to, the, I mean, the whole north side of the building. And I, that's what I had to patrol. And it was like, I mean, it just blew my mind that they could do that. And then, I mean, in the outback, what we call it, you know, in between the school and the, you know, the annex. Okay, out there. The outback started my senior year. Mm-hmm. Like, during lunch, we could be in the lunchroom or we could walk. The vending machines is all the way down by the north gym. I mean, by the main yep, gym. Yeah, by the main gym. And we could go out that front door and you had to walk straight down that sidewalk to go to the vending machine. You couldn't go in the parking lot. They had a teacher by the front door, and they, at, at both ends of that sidewalk, there was a teacher watching to see if you stepped off that sidewalk. Yeah. And if you did, you got lunch detentions. Yeah. Now, I mean, they in their cars trying to sneak out and leave. And, I mean, it just there's just a lot more freedom. Yeah. It feels more like a college campus now yeah. to me yeah. than yeah. it did. Like, I mean, there, I bet you there's some kids that then got up more shots in the gym during school than I got up when I played basketball yeah. there. Cause, and I didn't get a single shot up unless it was sixth hour basketball. Like yeah. the gym was, the main gym was locked down. You didn't go in there. Lights yeah. turned off, gates pulled down and locked. Like you wasn't getting in there. Now, I mean, <laughs> they in there yeah. all the time. Do they let them hoop doing? Oh, I run them out. Okay. But, you know, they still, <laughs> they yeah. still try me every day. <laughs> Every single day. So. Yeah. No, and I think over time, again, I think things just change, right? Yeah. Things evolve and, and, and having the opportunity to do those things. Yeah, but I'm with you. Like, I never – like, the, the North Gym, you never went out that side door. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I saw the backside of that until yeah. I was an adult. Yeah. You know, like, you wouldn't even think about right. it. Because I only went to one tennis tournament maybe at that time. I never yeah. went back there for the tennis either. Well, so. I, I went – your wife played, mm-hmm. and then Chris Roby, my classmate, his wife now, Amber played, and she came to all our baseball games. So if we had time, yeah, we would go support her. Yeah, for so, sure. I mean, we, I mean, it was only two or three times, but that's yeah. all the times I'd ever been back there. Yeah, like, yeah. And they get to go back there every day. Yeah, like, it, it's weird to me. How did the outback? Is that what you called it? How yeah. did that happen? Like you said, your senior year, did they just start opening it up up to y'all, or did y'all kind of yeah. just? No, they they opened it up. Gotcha. My first three years, there was no outback to mm-hmm. go back to. We played. We just sat in the cafeteria, played dominoes yep. and that kind of stuff, and just chilled and you know who rolled and that kind of stuff. And then my senior year, they opened it up to try to get some of the traffic, I guess, out of yep. the cafeteria. Yep. But we never went back there. I mean, uh-huh. we were already used to what we were doing. And yeah. I'm not leaving the domino table to go just stand <laughs> out there. No. So your dominate do you still play dominoes? Oh, your game's yeah. still strong? Yeah. Yeah. Do y'all have you like, do y'all have a domino night? We don't I mean, it, we don't have a specific night, but if there's barbecue being cooked and uh-huh. family coming over, it's gonna happen. The dominoes is coming. Oh yeah. Out. Oh man, I got I ain't got my phone, but I got an app where I'm playing several friends and family. <laughs> like I've played thousands of games against them. So your domino game's strong. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You playing defense or you just all offense? It, it don't. I mean, I can do them both. It just depends on how my hand is. Of course. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, my my family plays dominoes and like during our. I mean, we had a bunch of family gatherings when I was little and. That's what it was. I mean, old school music, barbecue, dominoes. Mm-hmm. And to get at that table, you had to be able to play, which is part of the reason why, getting back to the geometry geometry thing, I was pretty good at math, but part of that was from playing dominoes. Oh, yeah. 
because they wasn't going to let you sit down if you couldn't count. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially uh-huh. as a little kid. So I actually got to play with them some as a little kid because I could count. So, I mean, I've been trained to do that about as long as I've been trained to, <laughs> to, be, coach. A, to be a coach. Yeah. You say you've been to training on the mm-hmm. – that's good. That's good. Uh, talking about barbecue now, I know that you 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 pretty nice on the grill. Yeah. How did, how did that come about? Like, did you – watching your dad yeah. or was it just something that you just yeah. kind of gravitated Man, I, to? Just about everything I know I learned from him. I mean, I do all the cooking now for the most part. I mean, my lady, she cooks, she can, but – she she, prefer, she prefers for me to do it. Uh-huh. I mean, if we eat 10 meals, I'm going to cook nine of them. Gotcha. And my dad did all the cooking. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. When you grew up, yeah. you watched your dad yeah. cook all the time? Okay. Yeah. The only thing my mom has ever made me, she's made me some ramen noodles. She can She's good at making macaroni and cheese, and she can bake cakes. But just a whole meal, she's never really made me a whole meal. I've cooked for her more than she's cooked for me. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now – That'd be like even more respect to your dad to be a teacher, coach, and yeah. I don't know how he did it. And cooking at the crib. Yeah, I don't know how he did yeah. it. And then I'm playing sports and he's I mean, when I played AAU, he was helping coach that team and he was still at most of my games. And it's like, how are you doing all of this now that I'm teaching and coaching? <laughs> how did you how are you everywhere? Yeah. You yeah. know? Have you asked him that before? Yeah, but I mean, you know, my dad—he's <laughs> laid back and chill. He didn't really have an answer for yeah, him. Yeah, you know. yeah, just what he did. Yeah, yeah. Talking about your dad, like, what was it like? I mean, of course, we know Mr. Bennett, Coach Bennett. What was it like to grow up as a son of a coach and somebody now? Like, for me, I—I I mean, he's a legend, yeah. right? When I, just I mean, walk, and I, now I, when I walk down and see him at uh, doing the uh, taking care of the lawn and right. stuff like that, like it's immediate shout out. Right. It's immediate like seeing at, somebody like that at just seventy two years old. At seventy two, in still, great shape. Yeah, still doing it. Yeah, so, it's amazing. Yeah, man. It, <laughs> most kids that get to grow up with their fathers involved in their life, especially and actually live in the same home with them, think that their fathers are superheroes. I mean. My dad was a superhero to me. But at the same time, it was like being the son of a superstar. I mean, everybody knows him. And you go somewhere and it's like, oh, you're Coach Bennett's son, or Coach Bennett's your dad, or boy, you look just like him, you know? Which, and I still hear all of that right now at 45, you know what I'm saying? But it was just, it was like he was a superstar. So, I mean, I I love growing up being the son of a coach because, I mean, like again, like I said earlier, I had perks. I could get in the gym when I needed to. As a little kid, you get in every game free. Yeah. You get you get to eat a concession stand for free. Like you might get to be on the sideline at a football game or sitting on the bench at a basketball game. Halftime when they in the locker room, you out there putting up shots and you know just getting to do stuff that other little kids didn't get to do. You know, so I mean it was. I loved it. I still love it to this day. Like, even as a grown man, I love the fact that I'm a coach's son. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I, that's what I was about to say. Like, now that you're older, like, do you feel like, all right, it's, it's, that's enough. But no. Still, I, I still love it. Yeah. 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 What is, what is outside of cooking, I guess, what is something else that you know that you, like, you can see that you've taken from your dad? Uh, Just a work ethic. I mean, I'm not going to outwork him, but. Because, I mean, like I said, he's 72 and still going over there in the heat of the day mm-hmm. doing line work. 
yeah. at a job that he don't have to go to. Yeah. Like, he just does it to, you know, keep moving. Yeah. So, I mean, I can tell you at 72, the only line I might be working on is mine. I'm not going to be <laughs> doing other people's lines. I'm just yeah. being real. Yeah. Like, but just the work ethic, I mean, taking pride in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, but, I mean, mainly it's to, you know, providing for your family, you know. He's a man of the Lord. He mm-hmm. goes to church every Sunday. And just all of the coaching stuff that I've taken from him and, and the cooking. Like, yeah, the cooking, I, I mean, and all of it, my dad wasn't a guy that just, like, sat me down and taught me how to do stuff. It was just more of me just paying attention to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. He wasn't as hands-on as people might think. Because, I mean, he's a coach. Oh, he, he's yeah. doing other stuff. Yeah. So. He can't just be right here with me telling me how to do this all the time. It was just me observing him all the mm-hmm. time, which I think has made me a better coach because a lot of coaching is observing. Yeah. You know? Whether it's observing your opponent or observing your own team and you know, realizing what you need to do better or yeah. how that player can get better. Yeah. So. Yeah, one of the things that I think I admire about you just thinking about us talking now is like when I do see you at a game or something like that. Just I can I can watch you watch it mm-hmm. and understand like in your mind yeah there's something working yeah right? always <laughs> always you're looking you're seeing stuff and uh, and so yeah it, and it, that's the ability to be a coach it's right it's funny you say that me and Coach Porter the old baseball coach we talk about this he he loves baseball but he can go watch a baseball game as a fan even though he coaches it he can get in just fan mode and watch it. I can't do that. Like, mm. I can't watch any sport and not think the strategy of, you know, yeah. what should they be doing? What would I be doing if I was coaching? You know, yeah. you know, we should be doing this to, to try to beat them. <laughs> like, that's what I do with every, you know, when I'm watching sports, playing sports, all of that. I'm, I'm constantly thinking and the wheels are turning. So, I actually admire Coach Porter for that. I wish I could just go be a fan. Yeah. You know, even, that- I mean, I love Guthrie sports, but. Even at, you know, if I go to a tennis match, I don't even know nothing about tennis, but I'm still be thinking, uh-huh. oh, man, they forehand ain't that good. We need to be trying to attack the forehand or, or whatever, you know. Yeah. It's just what I do, man. Yeah. Man, talking about tennis, so my son plays tennis. It's a sport that's not uh, heavily populated by uh, African-American minorities, mm-hmm. especially in this this area, not just specifically to Guthrie, wherever we go. Like, there's just less – you're going into a sport baseball that I feel is like super similar to that. I guess the question would be like, what, why is it that you think more African-American kids uh, don't play the sport? And then two, like, how, how can we get them to play it more? And here's the, here's, the, here's the crazy thing. I think like every time I talk to one of my friends that it was athletic, they're like, I wish I would have played baseball. Yeah. Well, I think nowadays we've kind of been priced out. Baseball is an expensive sport. Mm. I mean, like our kids that play travel ball, you know, it's costing them two thousand, twenty five hundred just to get on the team. Mm. Then they might have to pay another three or four hundred to go to this tournament. And I mean, and they're playing tournaments almost every weekend. So, I mean, who can really afford that? You know what I mean? And then, just being honest, I mean, with African Americans, typically we're really athletic, you know, and. Athleticism goes a lot further in football and basketball than it does in baseball. Baseball, you can be athletic, but you you have to be skilled to be able to get on the field. You have to be able to hit the ball, throw the ball, catch the ball. It, I mean, and if you're fast but you don't ever catch the ball, 
well, you'll never hit it, you're not going to get on the field. You can be really fast in football and you're going to play, yeah. you know. Yeah. You can be really tall in basketball, you're going to play. You know, you might not even be that good, but you're going to play because you're tall. Yeah. You can be all of those things in baseball and still might be on the bench because yeah. if you can't do, the, you know, the skills, yeah. you're not going to play. Yeah. So. No, that makes that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so in, in your thought process, like – is there any way that you you see the opportunity to get more more African American kids to play, or are those hurdles just so I, big? I it's think, just really hard. I think it's just getting them started early mm-hmm. and keeping them in it. Yeah. I mean, I played baseball in college. I was about to quit in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was gonna not play in high school. My eighth grade coach was also my basketball coach, and I was kind of frustrated with some of the things we were doing in basketball. Like, anybody that knows me knows that I either went to the rim or I shot threes. He wouldn't let us shoot threes. Like, he literally told us not to shoot threes. Mm. Like, first game of the year, we were down 19 to two at halftime, and it wasn't. Don't shoot threes. It was because we hadn't shot. Like, he wouldn't, he told us not to shoot anything but layups. We were out there playing like Princeton backdoor cutting and trying to. And we couldn't shoot unless it was a layup. And we were down 19-2, to two and we'd only taken, like, four shots. Because, I mean, you're in junior high, and you're just passing the ball around. You're going to eventually just turn it over. So, finally, the second half, I was wide open. I kind of looked at him, and he's like, don't shoot. And I shot a three. I missed. He took me out. And we kind of beefed that whole year. He finally relaxed about halfway through the year because my dad was our seventh-grade coach. And my dad tries to stay out of – all of my sports, like he doesn't try to go talk to the coach ever or fuss at him or nothing. But even he was frustrated and he went to him with the book from the year before, you know, the old school green score book and showed him like, hey, that group can score points if you let them play basketball. And finally he started letting us play and, you know, we, we ended up doing better. But by the time he had made that decision, I was already like, nah. Because basketball was my love, and he had already messed that up for me. I'm not fenced to play baseball for this guy when I don't even like baseball as much as I like basketball. So, eighth grade, I actually didn't play for, like, the first three or four games. Went to a game and just, I mean, was missing it, seeing my teammates. And, I mean, me and my classmates were close. We were a good group of baseball players. And just seeing them, I mean, we lost that day. And just seeing them kind of struggle and – just missed it, and I was like, I went to his class the next day and told him, hey, I'm coming out, and he let me come out and played ever since, all the way through college. What What was it like um, when you got the opportunity to play college? Like, what was the recruitment process like? Was that – Man – it was it is it very – is it still the same, or was it, is it a big difference now? I honestly, coming out of high school, I didn't really get recruited much. Okay. I mean – I, I was a good pitcher, but I wasn't, like, uber talented. I didn't yeah. throw very hard. I was – I threw strikes. I changed speeds. I You know, I didn't – I wasn't blowing you away with my fastball. They wasn't, you know what I'm saying, coming and seeing me and the, I'm lighting up the gun. Gotcha. So, it was more if they came and watched me four or five times, it was like, man, this guy just get people out. Like, mm-hmm. They came and watched me once, they probably wasn't going to be that impressed, even if I pitched good. But it was one of the things they might have had to see me four or five times. But my recruitment, I really didn't get recruited out of high school. 
Coach Young, I ended up going to Connor State College at JUCO, which is one of the top JUCOs in the country for baseball. And he went there, and he had a relationship with the head coach, and he made a phone call. And in the summertime, sometime in July, me and Coach Young and my parents went down there and had a little visit. Wasn't nobody on campus at the time. It was just us four and the head coach. And mm -hmm. and I didn't, I you know, I, that was the first visit I had had. So if he offered me two dollars, I was going. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and. That coach, he he taught a business class at Connors, so he was you know, he was a businessman. Yeah. So he goes into his typical speech that he probably tells every recruit, "Oh man, Coach Young said you're a good athlete, you're a good outfielder too. We'll give you a chance to you know swing a bat and play outfield." I stopped him. I said, "Hey, I'm a pitcher. I don't never need to touch a bat another day in my life. I do not want to hit. Like I didn't like hitting in high school." Well, I'm like hitting against college pitchers yeah. that's throwing 90 with nasty curveballs. Yeah. Like, no, nah, I'm cool. If if you want me to come pitch, I'm coming. Like, so, but you, I could just tell it was his speech that he gave to yeah. every player. Like, yeah. we'll give you a chance to hit, or which yeah. is what most baseball players want to hear. No, nah, I'm good. I, I just want to pitch. I want to try to get the people with the bat out, <laughs> not not hit. So, but and then. I had a good career at Connors, and then my recruitment—I I got recruited more out of there. I had got uh, a bunch of small D ones, and UCO recruited me, and I ended up going to UCO because I was at Connors. It's the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. Warner, Oklahoma. It was great to me, but it's still in the middle of nowhere, and I was kind of missing home. UCO had just lost in the national title game the year before so they were good and all the d1s that i had it was like howard which if i had to do again i'd have went to howard mm -hmm. at least for a year yeah howard bethune cookman uh mcneese state were some of the main ones that were on me but they were all way away from home yeah they wasn't like i like to win i don't like losing yeah and they wasn't top-notch programs i mean they, so i wasn't gonna go way away from home and lose I mean, I'd have been frustrated. So yeah. I went to the place closest to home, and we won. You know, I mean, UCL was a good baseball program. So. I did not know that. Yeah. Do they still have a pretty good bro program? Or? Yeah, it ain't bad. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And so did you finish out playing baseball? Yeah. In, I played in I played two years at JUCO at Connors and then two years at UCO, and then I finished school at Langston. Okay. Because my parents was well, I, I was done. All my eligibility in baseball was up. So my parents was like, you know, boy, if we paying for it, you're going to Langston because both of them graduated from Langston. Oh, gotcha. So gotcha, they made gotcha. me go out there. And, you know, growing up in Guthrie, a lot of times you don't feel like going to Langston is making it out. Uh -huh. So it's like it's almost kind of like a diss if you went to Langston. Yeah. Because it's so close to home. It's like you, you ain't getting away from here. Man, that was one of the best decisions I ever made. I loved every minute of being at Langston. Yeah. I had fun. I had – Teachers that poured into me because, yeah. you know, they looked like me. Yeah. And I wasn't playing baseball no more, so I, was, I had a chance to, you know, party, have yeah. a good time. And, I mean, it was a blast. Yeah. I loved Langston. Yeah, I feel like the people who go from Guthrie to Langston who actually do it end mm -hmm. up loving it. Yeah. Like, when I think about Mario Combe and Nari, mm -hmm. you know, like some of these Monique. Right. Uh, my, of course, my parents went there as well, mm -hmm. but – 
man, yeah, it just feels like yeah. when you do make that decision, right? You find like it's almost its own, yeah. even though it's so close. But once yeah, you're out there, it's in a whole right, nother. Right, it's a whole nother world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, there's people from everywhere. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. When I was there, it was man, it was a lot of Chicago people, a lot of Cali people, Detroit. Yeah. Like, and I mean, and I have Texas, and I have friends from all those places now. Yeah. Like, some a lot of them were the ones that were sending me text messages or hitting me up on Facebook, telling me congratulations. But being, yeah, they yeah. didn't even know I played baseball. You know what I'm saying? So, but they're still happy for me. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I loved my time at Langston. It was a blast. That's cool. That's cool. So here's here's another question. 89ers prayed. Mm-hmm. Where's your spot? Like when you go to the parade, it may not just be a night. You go, you got it. When there's a parade, where's your, where are you going to stand at? Uh, I've had a few different spots because you know where my parents live. They live right down yeah. the street from where the parade. So back in the day, my uncle Raymond, who lived with my grandma right across from the nursing home, which was two houses from my parents. Okay, he had this old orange truck. And he worked for the city, so he helped put up the barricades. And when they put up the barricades, he would go run over here and get his truck and pull it right up by Ash Place, mm-hmm. park it in backwards, and we we would sit on top of the truck and watch the parade. So we didn't care if people got in front of us or anything because we in the back of the truck. So that was one spot right there by Ash Place. And now as I've gotten older, my spot is up there by the Victor Mall. Okay, so yeah. Yeah. On the back, on the back side of the parade when they come around, <laughs> come around. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's where our, my spot would uh, by the avalanche yeah. would be by the avalanche right, right there. Yeah, that whole sure you, that whole yeah, block, uh-huh, right that whole there. block. Yeah. And I think for me, I, I guess it's because I grew up some of my life uh, on Vilas and Second mm-hmm. Street, and so right. it, we just go right yeah, there. And just walk, that's yeah. why I'm saying that's why I was at Ash Place. Yeah, just right yeah, the street yeah, me, yeah, so. yeah, and so. Now that we live by the, I don't like now. I guess I've been in the parade, but I guess we still go to Avalanche if we just kind of mm-hmm. just standing there or whatever the case right. may be. So, no, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So what? What's another? Eighty uh, ers used to be a time in where it was almost like a family reunion. Every oh, year. Yeah, man, it was like the most amazing. Like you yeah. look forward to it, and not even because it was eighty ers It was just because you knew you was about to be right. hanging out with everybody. Right, man. I got a few things on that. First of all, I try to tell people that my sister lived in Florida for like 15 years, and she was more likely to come home for 89ers than she was for Christmas because that's how big it was back in the day. I mean, it'd be people everywhere, you know, and like I said, I'm right here by the parade, so, I mean, my people parking, like we having to get up and park our cars in front of the house just to keep people from parking in front of the house and so we can get out, like, uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. Um, then uh, I have some frustrating moments when it comes to 89ers. Like, when I got in high school, we always had the 89er baseball tournament. Uh-huh. So I'd be at the baseball field right there, can hear everything going on, <laughs> but I'm at the baseball field all day. <laughs> And can't participate in 89ers because I'm playing baseball. Then one year, my sophomore year, I had my license. And I got lucky that 
I don't know if the game got rained out or what happened, but we didn't play on 89. We were supposed to, but we didn't. And my mom took my keys and wouldn't let me ride around town. I wasn't in trouble or nothing. She was just like, boy, it's too many people. You know, and I, I got my license in October, so I'd been driving for six or seven months. Like I was ready. Yeah. You probably was thinking about yeah. this day. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, a, I'm a veteran at driving now. And took my keys, wouldn't let me drive. Like, just ruined, ru- ruined it for me. So now as a coach, we've had it on 89ers, but this past year, luckily for some reason, the tournament – fell on the weekend before 89ers, and then we didn't have a game on 89ers, so I was able to just, you know. And now that I'm the head coach, I'm going to do everything I can to try to schedule it. Even though it's called the Guthrie 89er Tournament, I'm going to try to schedule it that week before 89ers. Because, again, like I said, you like you said, it's it's like a family reunion. Yeah. I mean, and when I was growing up, my like I said, my grandma and my parents lived two houses away. And it's right by the parade. So that ended up being the hangout spot for my family for oh, the most yeah, part. For sure. So my parents were, quote, unquote, kind of the host, even though they'd be at grandma's and at their house. Now that they're older, it's kind of – and I didn't started cooking. That's kind of – my house has become the spot now. So if I'm coaching, where's my, my family? Oh, man, <laughs> they, yeah. They, they still going to come to my house. Yeah. And, you and, might not be there. Yeah, and, I, and if I know the, my family the way I do with FaceTime and Duo and all that stuff that you got now, oh, they going to call me, yeah. FaceTime me, and playing dominoes and eating food that I probably cooked. Yeah. The night before. Yeah, and talking trash to me like, where you at? Can't you leave the baseball game? We sure having a good time up here, like, you know, yeah. and just rubbing it in because they know that I'm going to hate it because, I mean – I'm big on family. I'm big on family gatherings. So that's, I mean, that's when I'm at my happiest. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's yeah. The '89ers that's been going on forever, like yeah. as long as I can remember the right. ga- the game. And uh, I never thought about like, man, you don't get to participate in yeah. none of that because you're yeah. there all day. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're not playing, they want you there to like help fix the field after the game or chase foul balls or something. So yeah. You're there all day, and you might only play one game. Uh huh. Yeah. And like I said, the, I mean, that back then the carnival was like right outside the football field, so you see, you know, the Ferris wheel and the zipper and all that stuff, and you can hear everybody having a blast, and you sitting in the stadium, doing nothing, watching, you know, two other teams play. Yeah. So. Well, I'm gonna be watching to see if you're gonna be able to make some adjustments on this. Well, I got a text from the AD. And he asked, was the dates of the tournament uh, April 13th, 14th, and 15th, which I think is the weekend before. 89ers. 89ers. Yeah. And I told him. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's yeah, the weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's the weekend. <laughs> Even if it's not, let's let's try to make it that weekend. Well, I think, like, I think technically, like, 89ers is the whole week. Like, yeah. And so Sunday is kind of – well, y'all don't play on Sunday, though. Yeah, no, right? well, no. Uh-uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the carnival is leaving, man. They might stay there for a little bit, but the carnival's leaving Got on, you. on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, on Sunday, yeah. But the baseball games is what, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It can still be 89er. Yeah, we can still call yeah. it that. Yeah, you can still call it that. It just might not be on yeah. that weekend. Yeah. Which you may you'll have happier kids want to play better. Yeah. You know, they won't be disciplined. Right. <laughs> they'll have a happy head coach. <laughs> I know that. So. Uh, that's good. That's good. Um, 
talking about we talked about teaching, we talked about coaching and things of that nature. Um, when 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 do you see yourself? What like what's next after coaching and teaching? Like we talked about your dad still being a part of your. Do you see yourself like in the future, Stan and Guthrie, or, or just kind of just drifting to the into the uh, shadow and just kind of being to yourself? Like, how do you see yourself after retirement? Ah, oh, man, I'm a I'm an avid golfer, so I'm gonna try to do that as much as I can. And I have a son. Hopefully, by then, you know, I might be a grandpa or something. So I'll pour into my grandkids. But I'm always going to be connected to Guthrie Athletics. Like, I mean, it's been a part of me my entire life. So I, I'm not going to be able to remove myself for that. Even if I'm not coaching, I'm going to still be at the games. So nowadays, you don't even have to go to the game no more. You can watch it on TV. So I'm still going to be very YouTube. connected. Yeah. So. yeah, for sure, for sure. Did you ever think that you would be still be in Guthrie? Was there ever a thought of you not being in Guthrie? Well, I guess you were a star well, for a little bit. Yeah, I was in Oklahoma City, but even then I lived in Guthrie. Uh, I had my moments, man, in like my 20s where I thought about maybe trying to go to Texas. They pay teachers better. And at that time, I was going to Dallas, you know, three or four times a year and having a good time. So, I mean, I had thought about maybe trying to go there. But for the most part, I mean, I love this community. So, and it's, I like the location of it. It's close to Oklahoma City. So, I can go down there and get in the mix if I need to. And then, get on back to the house. So, I mean, I haven't really, other than, like I said, in my 20s when I kind of thought about Dallas, never really thought about being anywhere else. When you see the signs choose Guthrie, what does that mean to you? Uh, For me, I'm going to go to the coaching perspective. Choose Guthrie, which is, you know, something, like I said, trying to be a connected team is – I mean, choose Guthrie before you choose yourself. When you're when you're working to get better, don't just do it for yourself. Do it for Guthrie. You know, I always put the team before you. And if we all win or we all go win, you know, <laughs> then you know you gonna win also. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I think when I think choose Guthrie. That's that's good. Even outside of the coaching perspective, that's when we started. That that was the thought, right? Yeah, like. Man, make Guthrie a priority. Right. Like, yeah, you could, for selfish reasons, because it's just something you want to do, go to the city to get do X, Y, Z. And we still do that, right? But just right. really making sure that you make Guthrie a priority because, again, if if Guthrie wins, we all win. Right. You know, and so it, it's, uh, it's so cool to hear that's the perspective that you look mm-hmm. at it from a coach, man. So, man, thank you for sitting down with me and, yeah. and, and hanging out and having yeah. a conversation I, with I me. I enjoyed it, man. Yeah, man. So uh, I'll be looking forward to future – when y'all gonna win the state championship? Come on, give me a prediction. Man, within what? I don't. I, within what? I don't think that's something I can predict, man. <laughs> I'd love to be able to say next year, we got a talented team coming back, but man, five A is loaded. Yeah. I think there's probably six or seven teams just on the west side of the state that can win it next year, mm-hmm. Guthrie included. I mean, we have some talent coming back, but again, like I said, man, I just want to try to have a team that's connected, and if we take care of that, then yeah. state tournaments and state titles will come. But yeah. I can't make no you – know, You don't want to no, give me no five-year, ten-year? Yeah, I can't uh. give you no real prediction on <laughs> when it's going to happen. I, I, you know, I'm going to try to make it happen. We're going to try to make it happen. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that, they're hard to get. Yeah, that's good, good, good. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hitting that play button. And remember – 
we are on a mission to have every story told of the people who do life in our community and who are from. Will your story be next?